Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. For the first time in a few years, I feel like we have a full-on global summit without uh, having to worry about the pandemic. And to talk about that is the president of the uh, Jefferson Educational Society, Dr. Ferky Ferrati. Hi, Ferky. How are you, sir? Hey, Joel. Good to hear your voice. And we've got the vice president of the Jefferson, Ben Spagan. Good to see you, sir. Uh, Joel, it's great to be here. And you can't shut me up. I was talking just before we went on air. I apologize to the <laughs> listeners about that, but we'll tell you what we're talking about in just a minute. But it's always great to join you and Shaney. A million thanks for the invitation. We're so happy to be here. The content overrides the, the uh, you know, the, the casualness, as it were. If this was, uh, if this was network, uh, we'd still be this casual. Anyway, um, this, are, are you guys, I mean, tell me about the essence of, this global summit, Dr. Ferrati, let's start with you. The, there is, there is a. Uh, you guys are really going for it this year, I feel, uh, and kind of, kind of shaking the pandemic uh, dust off the back of uh, of the situation. Yeah, uh, we we thought that we needed to come back strong. I mean, we had a global summit last year uh, with all of the safety precautions and everything like that. Um, we, we decided to come back this year. Uh, we put our, our best and brightest in, in terms of organizational talent, uh, Ben Spagan, to uh, go ahead and find the best speakers to bring to Erie and expand the Global Summit. And uh, we, we did not mean for him to go two months, but, <laughs> but here we are, uh, two months, a total of 19 programs and 20 plus speakers. It's just uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal list of speakers. We're, we're, what we're trying to do, Joel, is there's a lot of anxiety in the country and people want to look at what the future is going to look like uh, in, in many different subjects. And that's uh, sort of like the feel of this year's global summit is what, what is the future look like in, in, ver- in, in some of the key issues facing our, our country, some of them more serious than others, but nonetheless, we're looking at the future. Ben, talk about your themes because not only is it really broad ranged, but it really is hitting a tone for for really breaking events. It's like breaking news. We're going to talk about it at the summit. Talk about that. Uh, Joel, thanks for that. And and yeah, so I, I apologize to our team and to attendees if they may be exhausted for all of this. But if Ferky gave me a leash that was a couple feet long, I tried to stretch it as far as I could. I'm, I'm a dog chasing cars. I love this kind of stuff. And I love the idea that we can bring a lot of these speakers to Erie where people don't have to go out of town to hear from the best and brightest throughout the nation. They have a chance to learn from experts in their own backyard. And of course, it is important for us to look at timely issues. Um, that's one of the things that is such a, a great team to be with. With at the JES to be thinking about 
what are the important things that have implications in Erie, in Pennsylvania, and beyond into the country, and then internationally? So uh, Fergie's absolutely right. We were looking at the future of for various things. Uh, before I get into that, Joel, you were talking about uh, you know some of the, the breaking news happening in Ukraine uh, right before we joined your show. And, and so we have uh, Dr. Fiona Hill coming in, uh, and, and she's a senior fellow at the Brookings Institution, uh, but was an ambassador in, in his work in both Russia and Ukraine. And uh, so she was somebody early on we knew we wanted to bring in to have the conversation, uh, not just on her critically acclaimed book, There Is Nothing For You Here, Finding Your Place in the 21st Century, which talks about her humble beginnings in England and how uh, in a post-industrial town, her father turned to her and said, there is nothing for you here. That's where the title of the book comes from. Wow. Uh, but she also has a book that's just a few years older than that on Vladimir Putin. And, and so she is a, a leading scholar in this. Uh, so it's super timely there as well to talk about what's happening uh, in, in, in Russia and Ukraine and to learn from one of the best and brightest. She's actually in, um, uh, in the European Union right now talking to people in meetings. So there's going to be fresh content for her to bring back and discuss uh, live from uh, the Global Summit stage. That one's going to be again Gannon University. Excellent partner we have to have uh, several events on their beautiful campus. Uh, that one's going to be a, a knockout event. I'm really looking forward to that. That's Friday, uh, November 4th for those keeping track at home. And of course, those keeping track at home who haven't registered yet, really tell them to go over and see all of these topics and plenty more than what Ferky and I can discuss today at jeserie.org. Uh, you can register for all of those events and more. But Joel Wright, you, we have the future of for several things. We're talking about the future of race in America. Uh, Dr. Rashawn Ray, a, another Brookings uh, senior fellow, uh, who's also uh, one of the uh, foremost leading sociologists in the country. He's a university professor at the University of Maryland, uh, just a terrific researcher, prolific writer, and, and also super active on social media, using those platforms to reach people, in particular uh, Twitter and Instagram. I encourage people to go look up sociologist Ray. You'll find him there and be able to plug into some of the conversations. Uh, he really caught my attention with a, uh, I think it was some five minutes, Joel. It was a very short video, but it was an overview on critical race theory. When we started talking about that as a nation, what does that mean? How do we unpack that? Um, what is the legacy behind that? How do we deal with that in classrooms today? So we're going to get a chance to learn from a sociologist who's teaching that to, you know, to students discussing it inside the classroom, what does it mean, and plenty more. So really excited for that, including future of immigration. Uh, Erie has been a city of immigrants uh, since its, its, its founding, right? And we've seen wave after wave and ethnicity after ethnicity of folks choosing Erie, Pennsylvania, somewhere to relocate. Sometimes they choose to stay, sometimes they choose to go somewhere else. Uh, we're looking at the trends of that, and we're bringing in a fantastic scholar all the way from the West Coast, uh, Anahiti Panahi, to be able to talk about that, some of the work that she's seen and lived firsthand as a refugee in the United States. We start things off earlier than even the brochure is saying, tomorrow night at Cathedral Prep. Now, first off, let's, let's give a shout-out to prep because they're opening their auditorium uh, to, even in the middle of their or finishing up their uh, construction project, but the JES is moving in. Talk about this one, Dr. Ferrati, uh, as far as uh, these, uh, these really top-end uh, talents from the world of sports. Yeah, uh, so this was a late addition. Uh, we're an opportunistic uh, organization. We were able to uh, pull sort of last minute a couple of uh, uh, people, one practitioner, the other one a scholar around uh, collegiate sports. Uh, so we're bringing in John Wartheim from uh, Sports Illustrated and 60 Minutes, and uh, we're bringing in John Calipari from uh, Kentucky Basketball. 
and they're going to be talking about the future of sports, uh, uh, collegiate sports, and where we're going, and uh, uh, all of the issues that they're uh, facing right now. Uh, hopefully, they're going to make even more changes that they already made in terms of uh, compensating players. So they're going to be talking quite a bit about uh, that and how the sport is going to change um, uh, both at the collegiate level and at the prof professional level. This, so this has got to, to open things up for kind of a different audience for the Jefferson, right? Because there's a lot of young people that are very much um, kind of into social justice and think, you know what, if, if you're going to make a billion dollars from your basketball players, Kentucky or wherever, um, maybe you should compensate, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's the 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 question that I th I think uh, college bas uh, college sports have been dealing for better part of the last three decades. Um, it's just sort of fair if you are making uh, money for someone. Uh, not all not all colleges are making uh, great big money, but the ones that are uh, maybe share some of that wealth with the people that are making you all that money. So that's, uh, I think that's sort of uh, why um, college sports have been moving towards uh, compensating their players. It's, it's an interesting uh, fact. And, and talk about bringing in the people that are right in the middle of this. Uh, you know, and the, the gentleman from Sports Illustrated 60 Minutes is not the only uh, top shelf uh, A-lister from journalism, Ben. I mean, you've got Judy Woodruff coming, right? I mean, Al Hunt coming. We do, and in an exciting duo there, you get the husband-wife team. Uh, you know, in fact, that uh, they'll they'll get to talk about their career together uh, and their career working side by side, and then working, you know, in the same household uh, on stories. Um, so really excited to be able to bring them in to talk about that. You know, a monumental time too. Um, you know, as uh, Judy Woodruff has announced that uh, she'll be leaving the anchor desk at PBS NewsHour and, and exploring other ventures, you know, sticking with the team. But, uh, you know, to be able to reflect on that legacy and that impact that she's had. And then for, you know, Al Hunt to be able to talk about, you know, his work at, at Bloomberg and now the fact that he has a podcast with James Carville, you know, and, and that they get to talk shop and talk about politics. Uh, you know, and, and it's an interesting time to bring them in, too, because they'll actually be here. And this is part of the longer leash that Ferky's given me. Thank you, Ferky. Apologies to the team. But I think it's going to be great. And we've paced it out so that this isn't exhausting. But we get to come back for some programs in December. And this is one of them. And, and that'll give us enough time to make heads and tails of what the midterm election looks like and have them actually comment on that. The implications in Pennsylvania, the implications nationwide, uh, you know, who gets control of the House, who gets control of the Senate, uh, what do the governor's mansions look like uh, after the midterm? So we get to actually talk about real news uh, because, Joel, one of the things you and I always talk about with elections that has been such a jarring experience for us both is we love to live tweet on election yeah, night. Sure. And now with mail-in ballots, we don't know the outcome election night. So we're all sort of sitting around pontifying a little bit how might it go how might the wave change this and that now we'll have you know two months you know a month after after the election to be able to dissect it and make heads and tails of it so an exciting opportunity to be able to bring in uh, veteran journalists you know with storied careers both of them on stage together to be able to have that conversation i would imagine that this, this is my uh, rolling of the dice here but maybe by december 12th we will have folks that have put their hat in the ring 
for the 2024 presidential election? What are your thoughts? So my thought is that's going to be a great question for me to ask on stage when I'm moderating this is uh, who has put their hat in the ring and who do you think might put their hat in the ring or seems to be showing that? Because we see people now tipping their hat one way or the other. Are they? Are they not? In fact, I think uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson declared today he's not running uh, for president in 2024. So we at least know The Rock is out. But uh, you're right. You know, we're going to see how the midterms affect that. So, Joel, that's an excellent question. And that's something certainly we're going to talk about that night. I, I would imagine that the pay cut would be too huge for Dwayne Johnson. Really kick things off Sunday the 23rd, which is a week from this coming Sunday here with Carl Rove, uh, the future of the GOP. Wow. Dr. Ferrati, what do you think uh, Carl's going to bring to the table there? Well, I think uh, both parties are, are facing uh, a lot of questions, but I think uh, the the – bigger divide is what's going to happen with the Republican Party. Uh, is it uh, Trump's party? Is it uh, McConnell's party? Uh, wh- where's the future lie? Um, and, and sort of wh- where does uh, America head uh, in, in, in the future? Are we going to continue this kind of divided uh, front in, in basically all issues? Or are, are we moving towards more of the conventional, you know, uh, the progressive versus the conservative party? So that's going to be a very important question. And uh, I think having it right here live, uh, you know, a couple of weeks before the uh, elections is, is an added bonus to it. Has Carl Rove been here before? A while back. I think okay. in 2013 he was here. Uh, he he did a pretty good job. One of the uh, impressive things, a lot of these people that we bring in from out of town, uh, <laughs> there's always a reason why they made it to the top. He has a marvelous uh, memory. We were at Collegiate Academy, you know, how many, eight years ago now? And uh, he met all these kids in the hallway on his way to his lecture. He went, did his lecture. And then afterwards, these kids wanted to get their books signed, and he remembered each and every one of their names. Holy moly, that's amazing. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, you know, thoughtful uh, about what the future was then. Uh, I think he got a couple of things wrong. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, give him the microphone and see what he's going to talk about uh, in just about 10 days or so. Yeah, I'm not sure he probably could have uh, divined the idea of, of Trump and Trumpism in 2013. Nope, none of us could. We thought it was we – thought, we thought he was building a new Trump TV, TV network. That's, that's what we thought that's that, what that run thought. was about. But here – here we are four years later or five years later. It's yeah. quite uh, a different world we're living in. Talk about uh, the Thomas B. Hagen Dignitas Award. And it's going to one of uh, your own there, Reverend Charles, uh, Dr. Brock. Yeah. So we do this um, every year at the Global Summit. We recognize someone that is from Erie or has uh, ties to Erie that has gone and played a role in their profession, whatever, maybe at the national or international level. So we had people like uh, Steve Scully and uh, Governor Ridge, uh, the guy who um, 
uh, who busted Bernie Madoff, uh, Madoff, uh, Harry Markopoulos, uh, Joan Chittister, Eleanor Smeal, and so on and so forth. And, and this year we're recognizing Charles Brock, who is, uh, I think, one of the best minds that we have here locally, who taught 35 years at Oxford University and taught people like Theresa May, their former prime minister. Wow. So uh, he is one of the best, best minds that we have, and he's going to be talking about the future of democracies and where we're going with, uh, with that. Um, so Charlie is just a phenomenal talent, and he, he retired to Erie, taught at Penn State Barron for another 20 years. So, you know, let's recognize our own minds that are coming from this community. Ben, let's bring in the virtual world. Again, this is uh, as current of a topic as reading the stock uh, price of Meta, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, you know, talking about the virtual world, uh, Zuckerberg has bet all the marbles on the metaverse and you have an expert coming in on all that. We do, and that's actually thanks to Dr. Ferrati right here uh, in, in this conversation. Who, who would have thunk, you know, we were just talking about the way back when machine, who would have thunk that, you know, four years ago we'd be talking about virtual currency, you know, in, in talking about it in a serious way of what is the future of that. And that's back to that future of topic. And uh, Ferky brought that to the team and said, look, we've got to talk about this now. It, it's clearly not going away. It's not a fad. And when you have companies, um, you know, take Gucci, for example, they're designing uh, designer wear that is only purchasable digitally. You know, these things don't exist in the real world. It only exists for your avatar for which you need to use Bitcoin to then, you know, purchase this thing for your virtual self. And so what does all of that mean? Well, we're going to find out, and we're going to find out on Tuesday, uh, uh, October 25th, with uh, Elizabeth Strickler, who's a fantastic uh, professor in media studies and technology from Georgia State University. Uh, I'd really encourage people to just Google her and find her TED Talk. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating talk. She's going to dive into that and give us some updates to talk about the future of the metaverse. What does this mean to have virtual versions of ourselves and a virtual uh, currency that you know we may be investing in now that could actually pan out? Uh, but again, hey, Hats off to Ferky for identifying this one really early. Uh, Joel, Joel, I just wanted to um, find out. I, I bought some Dogecoin a few years ago, and I just wanted to find out what the heck do I do with them? <laughs> right. Uh, what, what do I do with, with, with them? Uh, what can I buy with them? It'd be nice. I mean, the value supposedly went up, and then it sunk again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just put some beer money in there. So <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to uh, bring not somebody that is advocating for it, Right. It's just somebody who is going to explain us what the heck are NFTs, what the heck is Dogecoin, and some of these multi-billion-dollar like uh, companies that have spun like Coinbase and Crypto.com, Robinhood, you know, all that what, stuff. What are these things? Yeah. You know, it's like uh, uh, I'm I'm looking forward uh, as a person who has been looking at all so these supposed millionaires that are all over social media. I'm like, uh, I, I could put 25 bucks in there, <laughs> see what happens. But that's, that's, that's about it. Ben. Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, j just in case uh, we will take a picture from the stage and uh, see if we can, uh, if anybody's interested in an NFT from the event, see what happens. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it's, it, it is, it's, hey, that's it's a, a wonderful idea. idea. 
it, it's easy to make light of this stuff, but we see the momentum behind it. And what better a time to discuss it now with our audience? And again, this is a way that we can really broaden uh, the audience of the Global Summit, have that intergenerational learning, you know, because we have folks all across the age spectrum that are curious and interested in this. And you get a chance to bring in younger learners who might know more about this than somebody a few generations older to have them in the same room talking about this learning from an expert. So a wonderful time to have intergenerational learning about a very serious topic that many of us don't know a lot about pointing to myself here. You believe uh, it, we're, we're dinosaurs. We, we are. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm less than a minute before the bottom of the hour break. I want to make sure people understand how to access tickets, how to find out more about each speaker. Sure. So we'd encourage people to go to the, the JES's website, and it's jeserie.org. Uh, you'll find the full lineup there and uh, with more details about each one of these events, jeserie.org. And uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we've got stuff on all the, the social platforms, so you can find more information there. The Global Summit 2022 from the Jefferson Educational Society. Uh, Dr. Ferky Ferrati, Ben Spagan are with us here. Ferky, uh, what year is this now for the Global Summit? We are in our 14th. Well, we're in the 14th Global Summit. I think uh, one year we had two of them because of COVID. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 it started really as a two and a half day conference we just wanted to see if uh, there was thirst for uh, this intellectual knowledge and this kind of uh, concentrated conference here in Erie Pennsylvania and boy was there uh, first year we had a 500 in attendance and you know uh, it's grown into you know 7,000 was our highest year so it's working here in Erie, uh, so as, as long as Erie shows us that it has the intellectual thirst, um, uh, we're going to continue um, to develop the Global Summit. As I said this year, I mean, the, the Global Summit is going two months. It's a little overdoing it, if you ask me. But uh, <laughs> It keeps not, you guys busy. Uh, uh, and that, there's another expansion that's happening is that you're making a leap to the West Coast. Yeah, that's the most interesting part is uh, sort of like I did my dissertation on Chautauqua movement, which, you know, uh, started here in Western New York, but it spread. There was 800 chapters around the country. Uh, and that's basically started from people from all over the country going to places like Chautauqua and then saying, hey, can we do this in our own uh, in our own backyard? And that's exactly what happened here is people come here uh, and they uh they got us thinking, maybe we should be um, exploring other communities. Now, we're not going to the big cities. We're not going to New York's and to Chicago's and all these. They've got Pittsburgh's. They've got plenty of this type of education. We want to go to the small communities. That's where this kind of civic dialogue is needed. And we're going to start it this year. Uh, we partnered with uh, our town's foundation with Jeb and Deb, Deb, uh, Jim and Deb Fallows. I mixed their name there. And uh, our town's foundation and University of Redlands and Esri. And we're going to have our first global summit, uh, four talks in Redlands, California. Wow. They will be live there and they will be live streamed uh, nationwide. So it's going to be a, a an experiment that we're doing. And if it works, hey, look, maybe, maybe the... The start of the 21st century Chautauqua 
yeah, and began out of Erie, Pennsylvania, where it where it should be. This kind of movement is not going to come from the big towns. Uh, we we have enough uh, uh, ideas from them being shoved our way. So uh, we think civic civic dialogue is going to begin like a, from a place like Erie, Pennsylvania, because we know small towns better than. Uh, anybody else. And, and before somebody writes off Redlands, Redlands is very different than uh, L.A. Or, or Orange County or, or San Francisco, right? Yeah, Joel. So, uh, one, so one of the great things in partnering with Deb and Jim Fallows is they have the roadmap for this with the Our Towns uh, work that they've done reporting in smaller towns and smaller cities throughout the country. And uh, one, uh, Redlands uh, is, is close in size to Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, there's uh, about 72,000 people living there. Now, of course, California is a bigger state, so there's a more density of population there. But there's a lot of commonality and overlay between our two cities, and that's why we thought this is a natural great pilot. Uh, to begin this. Uh, two, it's, it's uh, you know, t- tremendously helpful that the Fallows know this place maybe a little bit better than others because Jim actually grew up there. Right. So we have, you know, their connections and their help for this as well. Uh, we were actually just out there uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, Ferky presented at the Redlands Forum, uh, another good partner that we're working with out there to really get to know their place. One of the things that's really important to us is that we're doing this with communities. We're not doing them for communities or to communities. We need to learn these communities and what they're interested in and what makes them tick. And uh, Redlands was the first to say yes and welcome us out there. So we're so grateful to the partners out there, grateful for our towns and and the real expansion effort. Looking forward to growing this for years to come. If I get that long leash, we're going to add plenty more satellites where Global Summit programs can be happening. And folks in Erie, Pennsylvania will be able to live stream what is happening out in Redlands and vice versa. Folks in Redlands can live stream Erie, Pennsylvania, and like Ferky said, throughout the country as well. Uh, conveniently for us, uh, Joel, and this is one of the things we found when we talked to their community, uh, programming out there does better at 5.30. Good for us because they say it's 8.30 on the East Coast. So we can yes. still tune in and see that prime time here. We don't have to wait until 10 or 11 o'clock at night to see it. So encourage folks uh, in Erie to be able to watch the Redlands program programming. Really exciting stuff out there. All right, we got less than 15 minutes. We got to get three weeks of the Global Summit here in Erie in. And uh, this is a topic that's really close to me. I think the community schools, a model locally, a model nationally. Uh, this is the United Way of Erie County tr- attempting to crush poverty through education. Talk about this, Ben. Uh, sure. So, uh, again, a, a big thanks to our partners, and I think that's really one of the things you have to say again and again and again, is that the Global Summit happens because of partners and sponsors. One, we've kept ticket prices the same since day one, and if you're experiencing financial hardship or finances are a barrier of access to opportunity, we have scholarship funding available. And all of the Global Summit is free to students, and that's whether you're a, a, a doctoral student, whether you're you know community college, whether you're in high school, whether you're a precocious third grader, it's free to all students. So uh, that's that, that's something possible, thanks to our partners and our sponsors, uh, to really support this and believe in this thing. And here we have a great partner in the United Way, uh, and we think that this is a model that can be replicable throughout the country. Uh, we think this is a model that can be scaled out both regionally and beyond, and, and so why not bring in some of the best and brightest to talk about that, including uh, 
uh, Jose Munez, uh, who's a, a leading scholar in this initiative, has worked in community school models, and also bring in Ruben Jacobson, uh, who's going to be on the panel with him, uh, who is a professor at American University uh, in the education department, and also have one of our own, have uh, Superintendent Brian Polito to talk about the impact he's witnessed firsthand, uh, somebody in the field, somebody that sees that locally. So a really dynamic program. We get to talk about educational opportunities that really is having a positive impact here and we think can beyond. Uh, before uh, uh, Jose comes on that Thursday, November 3rd, we're leaving the light on for Tom Bodette, aren't we, on the Wednesday? Yeah, we are. And so if folks uh, happen to be on the mailing list for the JES and get our big brochure, you might see that Tom was not in there. He's one of those, again, I, we're ambitious, we're opportunistic, and uh, we want to bring in as much as we can to really celebrate the return of the full summit and, and the summit beyond. And so Tom Bodette is somebody that we were able to bring in. Uh, folks might recognize him from the Motel 6 commercials. Leave, I will leave the light on for you. And, and when they're not listening to the Jolton Talley show and talk eerie, uh, they might be listening to NPR and hear Tom Bodette on Wait, Wait, uh, Don't Tell Me. Or they might have read any one of his 12 books. He's a, a celebrated humorist. But uh, the thing he's going to be talking about as well is he's got a really interesting initiative happening in Brattleboro, Vermont, uh, called Hatch Space. Encourage people to take a look at that. It's uh, a, a co-working space of sorts that re-embraces trades. And so we're looking at the future of trade skills and how uh, we, we want to revalue them and, and prop them up and get people excited about the trades, working with their hands. Tom is an amateur tinkerer, he'll say, uh, but he's working with somebody that you know is an experienced woodworker, and they're doing a woodworking shop that's really having a tremendous impact in Brattleboro, Vermont. And so we'll hear about that. We know that Erie is a town of makers. Uh, that's one of the things that's an important part of our heritage and legacy. So we're excited to celebrate that with Tom Bodet. Yeah. And, uh, and the cool thing about this, Joel, is we are partnering with the community college, the Erie County Community College, uh, Dr. Gray. And, uh, you know, he, he's really eager to learn about uh, this initiative and see if we can bring some kind of an initiative like this to Erie, Pennsylvania wow. around uh, the community college. Beautiful. Uh, Ferky, we also have Fiona Hill uh, on Friday the 4th. Let's go to week three. And wondering, in, in all of your studies, did you ever deal with James Madison? Was he a, a topic uh, in, in all of your studies, either undergrad or grad school? Hey, I, I'm, 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 I'm not allowed to say this, but because I, I work at the Jefferson Educational Society. Uh, but I think uh, James Madison is the most consequential of the founding fathers. Wow. Okay. Uh, um, he is the designer, the architect of our, um, our constitution. Yep. He he's participated in what I think is the greatest uh, papers of all time, the Federalist Papers, uh, along with uh, John Jay and Hamilton. What would James Madison say about America today? Um, you know, he was warned by. Um, uh, by Benjamin Franklin, that uh, the, the executive branch could get too powerful. Uh, so, you know, we're going to look at uh, James Madison uh, and what he would say. And uh, Jay Cost, the person that is, uh, he's one of the brightest minds we brought to Erie uh, before. So that's going to be a very interesting talk. Ben, you had a question? 
Yeah, so uh, in in so absolutely on Jay Cost, uh, a, a great uh, fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, um, and and also writes for a wide range of publications. Uh, Joel, one of the things we did not plan was that Lizzo would play James Madison's flute before we uh, had this program, but now we can talk about that, right? Yes. So I, I'd love to say we had that all planned and we called Lizzo and asked her if she could play this flute oh, at this concert goodness. in D.C., but we didn't. But you know how timely to be talking about Madison as America's first politician. That's Jay Cost's book. Book, and he'll be signing copies of that. Really encourage people to read it. It's a great read. But, able, but to talk about the pop culture relevancy of James Madison and to see how we look back on presidents and we interact with them uh, in new and exciting ways, including Lizzo playing a crystal flute at a concert. There are there are more more communities named uh, uh, after Madison than any any other human being. That's incredible. I always think about Dolly. Wasn't it Dolly who was pulling the the uh, artwork off the walls of the White House during the siege by the British, right? Uh, I mean, it's a little overblown, but yes, yeah, it's a it, little it overblown. Uh, it's 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 a little, uh, uh, you know, there's a little spice there for dramatic effect. <laughs> I get it. Let's keep moving here. Um, talking about uh, the industrial heartland. This John C. Austin, uh, Ben, go with that one there. Yeah, so so excited to bring in uh, John Austin. Angela Beaumont, uh, our JES colleague, she and I had a chance to see John uh, a number of years ago out in Michigan. We went and, and talked about some of the work that he was doing around the blue economy. And he is such a wide-ranging scholar. And uh, that was actually a JCLA uh, research project. We were looking at the future of the blue economy. And so we went out to see him. Uh, he's actually one of the people that first started terming it that. Uh, most recently, he's been focused on how the heartland can transform and, and again, be a, a powerful and, and uh, mighty portion of the country and abroad. And one of the ways to do that is uh, what he's termed ally shoring, which is strengthening uh, democracy to democracy. Uh, economic interaction. So how do we how do we save democracy? How do we prop up democracy? We'll do business with other democracies, but also how do we understand the tale of two heartlands? There are the cities in the heartlands that are thriving and really found the 21st century versions of themselves. And there are still the cities and towns in the heartlands that are being left behind that haven't figured that out. Uh, so what's so interesting about this, Joel, and I think this is a great thing that the JES does and the Global Summit gives us an opportunity to do, is that John is actually on a road show. He's going to be accompanied with um, a handful, half dozen to a dozen uh, experts coming from the EU, coming from other parts of Europe to study America and see what they have in common. And so he's actually starting in Pittsburgh, and he's going to work his way up and see Erie. So he's actually going to get to see our community and meet with people with this panel, then go on and talk about the Global Summit, and then go on to Cleveland, and then go on to other places wow. through the heartland, all which uh, culminates with a, a fantastic presentation he's got out in Ann Arbor uh, on uh, Friday, November 11th. And that's what it all builds up to. So it's a real opportunity to introduce folks here to international leaders and how might Erie play an international role in that or augment roles it's already playing. So an exciting opportunity for our community beyond the event, uh, but really encourage people to, to attend that. John's a fantastic scholar. He's with Brookings, the Upjohn Institute, the Michigan Economics Council, uh, also University of Michigan. He wears more hats and anybody I've met, and he's got a great head of hair. So we'll see him on uh, that Wednesday, November 9th. That crew okay. with him, it's a, it's a hearkening of Tocqueville, right? Going around and and learning, right? It, it really well, well, is. The, it, go ahead, Ben. No, 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 go ahead, Ferky. Uh, the, the interesting part about this is, uh, you know, as we can see with Russia, doing business with autocracies is a 
dangerous game. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we're doing with a lot of these speakers is we're partnering with community groups. On this one, we're com uh, we're, um, we're we're partnering with the regional chamber, and they're going to bring in uh, their sort of uh, business community to establish a network between Erie and an economies in Europe. So that sort of uh, is going to be a very interesting event uh, with the chamber. They're going to do something prior to the event, and then we're going to follow up with the public uh, uh, thing. I don't want to overstate it, but I feel like uh, Jim and Deb Fallows have have really um, – we've adopted them. They've adopted us. Uh, I mean, they're, they're true citizens uh, for people that don't live here, you know. They're citizens of Erie. Yeah, we, we wanted to uh, we wanted to honor them, Joel, and we didn't really know how. Uh, they really didn't qualify for the Hagen Award that we give. I mean, that's the only big award that we have at the Jefferson. So we found a loophole. We called our mayor and say, how, how about making them honorary citizens? And uh, the mayor said that would be a wonderful idea. So we made them into honorary citizens. And we gave them the Hagen Award a few years ago wow. because of what they've done for Erie. I mean, their books are our town. Their last chapter is about Erie, Pennsylvania, and, and giving us that confidence. One of the things that they're they're talking about, Joel, is that what you're seeing, that there, America is in a break of a civil war and that we're this country and disagreement, but they're not finding that at the local level. Right. At the local level, people are actually working to improve their community and they're reaching across the aisle. And so that's going to be a very interesting talk in terms of, hey, let's, let's bring down the heat a little bit, uh, that we as Americans, we like each other. And uh, we work with each other, no matter the party affiliation. And so that's, I think that's going to be a part of their conversation. Ben? Yeah, and, and uh, Joel, I think that if uh, the Chief Justice Brandeis quote that states are the laboratories of democracy is the 20th, 20th century uh, idea, it's really the 21st century idea is that it's towns and cities. People want to work together. They'll put aside partisan differences. They'll put aside national disagreements to come together and, and really work in their towns. And uh, we'll have on stage uh, a panel with them um, uh, from Community Heart and Soul which is a model example of how towns are actually embracing inclusive public policy, you know, bringing more voices to the table to say, what do we want to do with our town? How do we want to do this? And, and we'll talk to people across uh, the spectrum that have experienced that process and how they're actually seeing results. And we can say it's true. It's really true. When you go out into real America, you see one that's not as divided as the headlines might believe uh, might lead us to believe we are. We've got to go to week four. Um, we mentioned Al Hunt and Judy Rudruff uh, coming uh, on December 12th. That's a Monday. But the day before, another major A-lister from uh, the, the media is John Dickerson, chief political analyst for CBS, talking about the future of the American presidency. Oh, that's just a small topic, Ferky. <laughs> Well, this, uh, this, this reaches back actually to uh, the James Madison lecture that we're bringing in. Yeah. Is, uh, Dickerson wrote a book, The Hardest Job in the World, um, which is a book about the presidency. But he, he's making a very good point is, is the American, is the executive branch of our government 
becoming too big, too powerful, which is what uh, Benjamin Franklin was was warning the nation about back, uh, you know, during the Constitutional Convention. He had actually suggested that America should have three presidents. We're talking about one that deals with dem domestic uh, affairs, one that deals with um, uh, foreign affairs, and one that acts as the head of state. But he, he was sort of ignored because there was only one George Washington. Am I summarizing this correctly, Ben? You absolutely are. And and I think that's what's so timely about this. And again, an opportunity for folks to get the book and get it signed by the author when they're here. But really the inflation of the, the weight that the executive branch bears, you know, the consoler in chief role that we all talk about that when there is a national crisis, it's the president that shows up after a hurricane. It's not, uh, you know, a collection of representatives of senators. You know, I think that, you know, a state's senators, of course, would show up, but we don't see uh, the judiciary branch showing up. But we all expect and we all wonder, when is the president going to show up? When will he touch down? When will he climb the mound of rubble to give us the inspiring speech? That's a lot of what we've heaped upon the role. And is it too large? Uh, is there a way that we can adjust it over time? Those are some of the things we'll talk about. It's, it's remarkable the breadth of everything that's going to be covered at the Global Summit. Again, uh, what's the best way, and, and give me a pro tip here. How do you pace yourself, even if you buy a season pass, if you will, to the Global Summit? Uh, first, a lot of coffee. Second, a lot of Gatorade. Uh, and, and then third, B12 vitamins. Uh, no, so... Uh, one is we really aim to always have something for everyone and because this really is for the community and, and we, we, we don't do it if nobody shows up. Right. And more and more people show up every year. So uh, one, we invite people, you know, pick and choose what you want, um, but come hungry. And that's not necessarily empty stomach, but come hungry to learn. And I think that's the curiosity. You said earlier, I wrote it down. Uh, you know, mine's filled with curiosity peak. That's a great line, Joel. I wrote that down. I'm like, that's really what we speak to. So I think this time of the year, people get excited about that. And if nothing else, you're going to have plenty of things to talk about at the Thanksgiving dinner table, and you're going to have plenty of things to talk about at the Christmas dinner table, because we've got programs in December too. So pace yourself. You can get a pass and show up for all of them. And some people do, and they should get gold stars. We should take attendance, right? Uh, but some people just show up for one, and that's the one they really want to learn about. That's important too. That's no less valued. So something for everyone, an opportunity to learn. So show up hungry uh, to learn. Uh, you're going to get your mind filled. Your curiosity is going to be piqued. I couldn't have said it better myself, Joel. And it's, it's key that you want to buy your tickets beforehand because day of event goes up in price, right? Well, so we do have early bird, uh, early bird prices, so it's important for people to, to know. Okay. So, again, uh, get your tickets early. Uh, and, and, two, it's also, again, I, we can't say this loudly enough, that if finances are a barrier of access to opportunity or you're experiencing financial hardship, just write to the JS. We've got scholarship funding. Again, a big thanks to all of our sponsors uh, for really helping us keep the ticket prices the same, make this accessible to the community, and really put on a great show. Uh, and then the other important thing to know, Joel, is we don't do day of ticket sales. Okay. Uh, we have moved away from that just to keep the lines moving, you know, because yeah. so many people are coming through. So really encouraging people to register in advance, including for tomorrow's event with uh, John Calipari and John Wertheim, the coach of the University of Kentucky basketball team and the senior executive editor of Sports Illustrated. Uh, you can see him tomorrow at Cathedral Prep. Ferky, over to you. Yeah, I was just going to say tomorrow because uh, tomorrow's event was a late edition. We will be selling tickets throughout the day. Good. Uh, and tomorrow. students are free. 
Students are free. free. I think you're going to have a lot of kids from the uh, basketball and the football teams going to see the big coach, you know? They they still have to register. Okay. That's a good note. That's a good note. J-E-S-Erie.org. I've got to leave it there. Dr. Fergie Ferrati, the president, Ben Spagan, the vice president, the Jefferson Educational Society. Uh, Thank you, gentlemen, so, so much. Thank you, Joel, for having us. And what you do for Erie is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com. <laughs>